Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,102. So to serve is to help your community, to help others, to enlighten people, to strive is to never to stop. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Scott Brandt. Hey, Scott, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready. Got my five-point harness on. Let's hit it. Awesome. I'll try to keep it between the guardrails today. Scott Brandt is the owner of Moto Exotica in St. Louis, Missouri, where he and his team have been selling collectible special interest pre-owned and exotic automobiles since 1988. You'll find vehicles from late model sports cars and touring cars to hot rods, muscle cars, replicas, American and European classics, trucks, Jeeps, customs, and race cars, and a lot more. At Moto Exotica, you can sell or consign a vehicle, and it's one of those destination dealerships. It's like walking through a museum filled with fun, inspiring automobiles, and no doubt you'll find something you'll want to drive home. So, Scott, I've told our listeners just hey, you're a hired, little... man. I like that. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I just got myself a job. That's pretty cool. So, Scott, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Take a moment, share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious long-time passion for automobiles. Absolutely. Well, cars have always been a passion since I was a little kid. You know, I'd spend hours with my dad. We'd go into showrooms, and, and that was back in the day where you could see what that car was. When the taillights passed you at night, you knew what the car was just by the light, you know? Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's it changed a lot. Everything's changed. But hey, everything's vanilla now. <laughs> right. I don't care if you're driving a Bentley or, or a Prius. It's, you know, they're, they're all pretty similar. And and part of the problem with today's cars is they come complete with so many things. So nice wheels, nice stereo. Nobody customizes, you know? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Everything's changed. Well, the stuff that you've got brings us back in time. It's just a fun, fun place to go and be. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start to start by asking my guests for a a little mantra or some kind of success quote. This is something that has good meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So Scott, take the wheel. Absolutely. So I would say that it, that a motto, you're looking for the motto that kind of to live by? Yeah. I would say so. When I was 15 years old, I went to Outward Bound. And their motto, which has kind of been my motto since, is to serve, to strive, and not to you. And <laughs> I so love that. It really is. It's a good motto to live by. It was kind of embedded me after 22 days in the wilderness. And, and I mean, Outward Bound is an experience I think kids don't find much use for today and, and, and giving you skills and, and leadership skills and, and how to take care of yourself in situations. You know, they threw us out in the woods on a solo for three nights, three days with a handful of raisins and nuts, you know? And, <laughs> well, and so th- it taught you those things, right? It's like, wow, you know, it's pretty lonely out here. And I got to ration what I've got in my hand. I've got to make do. Uh, I went to North Carolina. Uh, uh, so it was North Carolina outward bound. And it rained 18 out of those 21 days. Oh. Right on. So, uh, and, and hence carry that forward to where I'm at today. Yeah. So to serve is to help your community, to help others, to enlighten people. To strive is to never to stop and and yield, not to yield. Don't stop because somebody told you to or because right. you become 
an obstacle that you don't think you can get over, you can always get over it. And so take everything in stride. And, and that's kind of how I words to live by. Well, it's nice. I think more kids these days could probably benefit from an experience like that. I think anybody could benefit from an experience like that. Uh, remember the Outward Bound series and, and what they did for people. So obviously, it was a great thing for you to do and experience. Yeah, it's hard to even get a kid to go outside today, much less <laughs> yeah. just spend a three weeks outside. So yeah, yeah I know I pushed yeah. my kid and, and he did something similar, but he didn't go to boot camp. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. I mean, you don't stay in a business for 30 plus years, long as you've been in business without having a passion for cars. So tell us about a pivotal moment back in your days when you knew you were a car guy. There's several things and it all happened when I, I was really young. And I think a lot of your listeners are baby boomers like myself and may or may not have, have found those moments to be pivotal or, or or just don't even think about it. But there's two things. The first is Batman. Batman came out in 1966. It was the first full-length television show in color. Now everybody's TVs went from black and white to color, and it was vivid color. It wasn't muted tones by any means. So the right. zap, pow, wham. And then what's Batman Drive? A Batmobile. You kidding me? I want one of those, right? So <laughs> I've got one. Beautiful. I've got one today. The other pivotal thing I would say was Hot Wheels. So Hot Wheels came out in 67. I'm eight years old. Here's a track. Here's these cars. They zoom around. They're cool cars. They're colorful again. You crash them. You jump them. You spin around in loops. And then when that's done, you make a bigger, better track. When we were kids at eight years old, we could do that all day long. And 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 then putting car models together. So all those cars that you found interesting, uh, you could put together and you could put them on a shelf. And I think that's part of a lack of what I see today in society is people don't use their hands. They don't put things together. Shop class has been taken out of school. And you don't know if you're good for like a hands-on job until after school. And they say, oh, yeah, well, you're going to go to this vocational school. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to right. school. So, yeah. yeah, I would say those were those things. is Batman and Hot Wheels. And so I've been playing with cars ever since. I think so. You know, you and I are the same age, so we were going through the same things together. I loved it when Batman came out, and I got to spend actually two or three days with Adam West. Uh, bless his soul. We lost him last year, which was oh, sad, yeah. but, you know, he was just the nicest guy and so gracious, and everybody, all age groups knew who that guy was. We, I got to go have dinner with him a couple nights, lunch, breakfast. The baristas at Starbucks, once he spoke, they knew exactly who he was from the TV show that he was the voiceover, the mayor, of course. Oh, of and, course. Uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody, yeah. So everybody kid knows him, right? And, yeah, yeah. And he always had an unassuming way about him. And, and so he was a good role model, you know? Yeah. And what did I like always about Batman? Because I've got a huge Batman collection of stuff that not just necessarily the comic books, because comic books will go in a sleeve and they'll go in a box. You don't want them to deteriorate. And you get to look at them. Yeah. So back in 66, I my sister and I are two days apart. And my dad had rented uh, one of those hydraulic helicopters. They go up and down and they brought it to the house. And then they made it into the bat copter. And everybody oh. got bat. You know, so the, our giveaways were, were the pennants. Like you see a baseball pennant. So they had the Batman pennant. I've still got that pennant today in a little little sleeve and i've got a room as big as this at home 
filled with Batman memorabilia. Wow. Yeah. But, you so are. What is it that I like my, most about Batman? He's not a superpower. He's, he's not a superhero. He's just a man. Yeah. What's his superpower is money. That's his. <laughs> yeah. Garth Bruce Wayne. Go, yeah. Where, the secret. Where does he get all those <laughs> wonderful toys? Yep, exactly. So I kind of feel like we're in the Batcave here sometimes. So. Well, I think so. I think so. And for a guy who actually has a Batmobile, oh my gosh, how fun is that? So. And then last year, so with the, the day that, that Adam West died, there was a car show that was rather larger. It was part of the Route 66 Festival. And we brought the car out that day and somebody got dressed up as Batman. That was unbeknownst to me. They were there just to pay homage to him because, you know, he had died that day. So next thing you know, he pairs up with our car and he's shaking hands of kids and babies and everybody's taking their picture. And so it was a kind wow. of a nice send off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you face. You're in a business that does have some ups and downs. You're an entrepreneur. The economy affects things. Uh, walk us through one of those times that you found very challenging and tell us what it taught you and how you came out on the other side. Well, every day you get up is a challenge, right? But you're blessed to have another day. So every day I get up and I say, sometimes you just have to get up and put on your boxing gloves because life has got a lot more complicated. You know, I went to school for design and art, so I never really had a business background. So to me, I'd say that's the biggest challenge. I grew up in a family business, which was furniture and design. I certainly got to learn what it took to run a family business by actually being part of that family business. That was around for 50 years. And my dad and his whole family ran this. So there was three brothers plus his sisters came in. I got to learn what it was like. But then the day came, his brothers retired. He said, well, now we're going to do this and do that. And, that. and I'm like, well, are you doing this for me or for you? Well, of course, my dad's for you, my kingdom, for my son. I was like, he's like, really? I'm like, really? It's just retail hell. All right. So close down the shop altogether, which we did. We had like 30,000 square foot furniture store. And he opened up a small studio. And that was about the time I decided that design work was cool, but to design interiors is really nice, okay? It's, it's laying them out, picking out the finishes, picking out the furniture, uh, designing the elements. But that is a small portion of the design business. The bigger portion is getting along with a husband and wife and trying to make those decisions and make things come to fruition. And then you got to deal with all of that nonsense. The band. And so cars, generally speaking, 99% of my clients are men. They make their own decisions. Sometimes they have to ask their wife, but I don't have to deal with them on that. And so you either you buy the car, you don't. If you don't, you move on. It's pretty clear cut. Where, where if you start with a house or you're designing a restaurant or whether it be, you know, office, there's so many intricacies and, and it just got complicated. I wanted something a little more simpler. And I just didn't find that I, I had a kinship to it. And that's kind of when I went back to art school. So I got my master's in fine art at uh, Washington University. And after that, I, was, I sold cars and did studio art for 10 years. Wow, very cool. You know, my father was an architect, and he would come home telling me the same things when he's designing a home for somebody, trying to get the husband or wife to agree on something. And then so they could keep moving the project forward. And yeah, I, many a dinner, I saw him sitting there pounding his forehead going, Oh, if they could just make a decision, we could get this house built. So uh, oh, sure. I understand. Yeah, and, and then when it's built or you're finished and you move everything in and they're like, oh, I don't like that sofa. The wallpaper is not what I expected. And, you know, and then whose fault is that? You know, right. so that's why you have purchase order agreements and all, you know, it's sales contracts. But nonetheless, 
if they didn't want to pay for it at the end, they're like, oh, okay. Yep. I understand 100%. 100%. Well, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to hear from you kind of a career aha moment. It's a time when the headlights kind of illuminate a new pathway, a new road for you to go down. Tell us about one of yours. Well, there's two aha moments because the one that set me on the path to selling classic cars opposed to just liking these cars is the family went down to uh, Florida on a family trip and we stopped in the auto toy store. Everybody knows about the auto toy store. It's been around forever. And we walk into the place. And of course, everybody was pretty snooty. And they had some cool looking cards. And over in the corner was a Jaguar E-Type. I think it was a Series 2 car or something like that. And I said, well, how much is that car? And he, he's, you know, kind of put his nose. Oh, that's $85,000. I look at him like, $85,000. Now, mind you, this is 1987. Okay. So, hence 30 something years ago. I'm like, so when did they get to be that much money? I mean, I always thought they were like $5,000 cars. These guys, oh, well, we sell those cars like this for for that kind of money. Oh, and I looked at my dad. I said, I can do that. And uh, so that was the first aha moment. And I always loved a Jaguar E-Type. I did some research uh, as to, you know, the intricacies of Series 1s, 2s, and 3s. And, and so what did I go out and find? A 61 flat floor. Old English white with red guts. So after about, oh, I'd say six, eight weeks of research, I found one. Told Dad, I need a loan here, you know. So found this car in Iowa. I flew up to Iowa. I bought the car and drove it home. And that car drove like a dream as long as you didn't stop. When you stop, it started to overheat. So I just kept on going and going, stopped for gas, let it overheat, got a water bottle with me. And drove it all the way home. And we put a new interior in it. So did Wilton Wool carpet and, you know, the proper hides and finished it out and put it in Hemmings Motor News. And Limey calls me up. Oh, we got, you still got your Jaguar office. That got me started. So I was able to pay that back, start with enough money then to parlay that into my next car. So I did that while I did art. It, they, they, they kind of kept me from being able to have a real job. So I could, augment them both so I could sell art and sell cars and at least put bread on the table. So fast forward 10 years. I did that for 10 years, Mike. I say I came out of retirement to get married. So at that point, all right, now I'm 38 years old. It's time to put bread on the table, have a family. The starving artist syndrome, I, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So here becomes the next aha moment. And that was this thing they called eBay. So now we're 1980, so that's 97, 98. Now I start, I start putting cowboy boots on eBay. You know, instead of Beanie Babies, I found a deal where this guy got Luke Casey and Dan Post boots. And I bought a pair of boots and I bought another pair. And my wife said, well, what are you doing? We got a family to raise and, and you're buying cowboy boots. And I called the guy back. I said, give me a dozen pair of what you got. And I said, I'm going to put them on eBay. I'm going to sell them and make enough money to pay for the other cowboy boots. So, honey, if you can do that, go shopping. Well, needless to say, she didn't. But while I was doing that, I had a, a, a Di Tommaso Pantera. In fact, in there is my son. He's not even one years old. That was the first car I put on eBay. I said, well, if you can sell cowboy boots and beanie babies on eBay, you can sell cars. And that was before there was ever an eBay Motors. And lo and behold, somebody bought this car, right? They called me up. They came in. So prior to that, it was Hemmings Motor News with a three-line ad, no picture, no nothing, and you're counting your words so that you didn't go over spending, you know, on to the next line. 
And that kind of got the ball rolling. So at that point, I have been dealing out of my driveway for years, you know, for a decade. I've been dealing out of the driveway, garage, fill them up with cars, et cetera. You know, I'd have three, four cars at any given time. Well, next thing you know, these cars are flying off the shelf, going to people all over the world. And, and now you can put up 20, 30 pictures. Now you can write a whole description um, there was the box camera, the VCR. So I, I was one of the first guys, all right, you want to see this car? I knew if they could go pop that thing in their VCR, I had them hooked, right? So I walked around, I talked about the car. Uh, you know, this is before GoPro, long before GoPro. I mean, we're talking cameras this big. So uh, then I'd send them off to them, wait for an answer. And slowly it picked up. And next thing you know, I had more cars than I had driveway. So then I got a small shop. It was about 5,000 feet. And I filled that up and, and it, it just kept continuing. So next thing you know, the building across from where I was renting came available. So we bought the building I'm in today in 2004. We've got over 60,000 feet of showroom and over 200 cars here, five acres. And so it had plenty of room for growth. Here we are today still doing it. So now there's 14 of us working full time doing this from detail to repairs to marketing and office staff. So now I've become this businessman. Kind of stuck with this retail hell, if you will, again. Uh, and it's a machine that constantly needs to be fed. So, but the feed for me is getting to go to the auctions, getting to be on the road, to go meet new people and interesting stories. eBay and, and Batman, those were your ahas. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's such a fantastic story. I think it's absolutely cool and how it has evolved and how you embrace new technology. That's the secret sauce to getting ahead of the competition and so forth. So, what a fantastic story. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car in your life. Now, I'm not talking so much about a car you bought and sold, but the first car you bought that had great meaning for you that maybe brought back some good memories. Well, the first car, I didn't actually buy it, but it was my first car. And that was my grandfather's convertible, a 65 Mustang convertible. That was my first car. Now, I didn't start driving until the 70s, so it was an older car. Grandpa had passed. Uh, and had went, gone from him then to my cousin Jody, who turned 16 first. And Jody drove it for about a year or two. Then I got it handed down to me. So my first car was a 65 Mustang convertible. There you go. So beautiful. Now, had I known now to keep it, and of course, then I ended up getting uh, mom's 73 Mustang. And I handed that car down to my sister. So two years later, then she turned 16. And... Uh, and then she got the drive. And the rest is history. It's cool. Yeah, well, if we'd only known about those cars, we should have kept. And that's my next question. And let's take economics out of it. Because we've all had cars we've sold that have gone up in value with the way the collective car market is. Oh, sure. But more about, more about a car that tugs on your heartstrings that you let go that you really wish you had back. 1977, I got, uh, now I'm in college two years. My sister and I, again, are born two days apart. And so my dad calls me and says uh, that he's getting Katie, I think, for her 17th birthday. So now I'm 19. He's getting her a white Trans Am. I'm like, wait a minute. She's getting a white Trans Am and I got mom's old Mustang. And, you know, so at this point, I think I'm driving around in a Dodge Ram Charger because I always like going out and exploring, four-wheeling. Wait, she's getting a Trans Am? So he surprises her with that. Unbeknownst to me, he had got me a gold edition uh, 77 Trans Am. So he had bought us both Trans Ams for our birthdays. Now, he's a hell of a man, got to say, right? How many dads go out that far? 
God love him. He's still alive. He's still with us. And he's still a car guy. He loves coming here and loves going to auctions. He's retired now. That 77 gold edition Trans Am, if I had it back, boy, stories it could tell. We, we drill holes in the air intake so we could have more air coming in. I pulled all the beads out of the catalytic converter so it sounded good. And I got one and a half more horsepower out of that car. I had that car probably seven, eight years. The handles broke. The outside handle broke. I mean, they did the things that Pontiac Trans Ams did. And then I moved on. Let's see. What did I, I – I got rid of that car, and I had an affinity for a Porsche. I ended up with a Porsche 924 Wessex edition. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Of the cars that I've had that I purchased over the years, the one that I really wish I had kept was a serviceman had been over in Europe, and he had brought back an Iso Grifo, which is really an obscure car. Uh, 327 Corvette motor, Italian styling again, similar to a Pantera, but rarer yet than a Pantera. And monetarily wise, you're talking quarter million dollar car. I think I bought it for 20, sold it for 25, and I was like fat. But of the cars that I've had over the years, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah, we all have those stories. Iso Grifo, yeah, very unique car. Cool. I love the combination of the the American power and the Italian design. And uh, there's also the Revolta. Of course, they came out Iso Revolta, which had a similar kind of thing. So very cool cars indeed. Well, what has you excited and fired up right now with your business, Moto Exotica? So as as the business evolved, you know, Barrett Jackson's been on television now for 20 years, if you can imagine that, right? Meekum has been on television. So I say, you know, I, I go to these auctions all the time. I've been on television a lot only because they came into my office, right? I didn't start doing this because of that notoriety. And it was a, a smaller clique of people if, back when I started doing this. But with the advent of television and speed and, and the History Channel, all that, it has become more commonplace, drawing more people into the fold. As things have changed, eBay is still probably the the 800-pound gorilla as far as, as selling goes. You know, we're on every website out there from, you know, classiccars.com to Hemmings. God love them, still there. But now you can put on many pictures as you want. But eBay has still given us the return and, and certain global market. This This is my creative outlet now. So... I, I, I've done more on the realm of social media as that has taken hold, like your podcast, you know, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, a pod, what, you know, that was, that was something hanging off a tree. I'm trying to push the envelope now again, because I was one of the first, if you want to say pioneers on eBay. Yeah, I would say I probably was. I remember when eBay Motors started and then eBay Motors called me asking me questions because I was already doing what they hadn't even thought of. So, okay, what's the next thing? Here, we were just on Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. So that was last night. God love him. And uh, the Prince of Darkness walked in through my door with his two kids, you know, out on adventure. And, and Kelly was looking for a truck. So she hooked up on a, uh, uh, a 68 Bronco. And she, she wanted a truck, but she really didn't want a truck. And when she got in the Bronco, she's like, I didn't think of a Bronco. So I would say the social media aspects reaching out to more people and letting them know these stories. Because really, at the end of the day, we are historians. Uh, I, I don't want to say I'm a used car salesman because prior to that, I really wasn't a used car guy. I'd never been in the car business. Uh, but I keep this here, 1941. That was my grandfather's used car lot, right? So I never got to see the place. He ended up with Parkinson's disease. So I never really got to talk to him about cars. But mom finds this picture and says, hey, you know, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. 
You know, it's a great story. And I love the video clip you put on Facebook this morning. And, and that's how Scott and I connected today. He put this video clip of Ozzy Osbourne and his kids on this TV show coming in. They're looking at cool cars, a pink Cadillac, the Batmobile you have there, and that beautiful old Ford Bronco that Kelly ended up buying. And I called Scott and I said, hey, let's get you on the podcast. And two hours later, we're on the phone doing a show, man. I wish right all my on. guests were, were that easy. So yeah, this that's power. The way life should be. You have to embrace them all. You know, it's like, Opportunity knocks, but you got to open the door. So I always well, open the door, you know? Yeah, you, you never do. never know what's and, in behind that door. You know? Well, you don't, exactly. And, and I really appreciate it. And now I get to bring your story to my listeners. It's all one big happy family. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Scott. Kind of uh, tells us a little bit of how you feel about yourself. If you were a car or a vehicle, a truck, whatever, what would you be and why? Well, out of all the cars that are out there in the world, Okay, here's another obscure car for you, and it's a Lamborghini, but it's not the Mira, which is my favorite car. But I don't think I'm a Mira. I think I'm an LMO2. Okay. Four-wheel drive Lamborghini, right? So that's out there. That's so obscure. Uh, So you got Italian heritage. You got four-wheel drive off-road capabilities. It's rare. It's uncommon. Uh, It dare to be different. That's Scott. That'd be me. I think that's a great choice. How many of you guys out there know what it even is? Right. Well, you know, it's cool because the, uh, car first guys, time, the car guys will know an element. Well, yeah. Yeah. First time I ever saw one of those was a gentleman, John Shirley, who lives up here in the Northwest, has an amazing collection of cars. And he had one. And he told me all about the history of what those were originally built for was Middle Eastern Army vehicles. And then the whole deal fell apart and they had to spruce them up and sell them as fancy SUVs. And of course, now we all know uh, Lamborghinis come back with uh, their new SUV now. So finally, after all these years, one that's actually usable, because that car was cool, but not very reliable, kind of goofy. Yeah. But was, you're right. But it very was cool. different. It was yeah, very but it was different. cool. And, Just I come, like, and I remember going to Auburn, Indiana, gosh, a number of years ago, and, and one had come up for sale. And I remember because I was bidding against uh, Mark Hyman, and then there was uh, John Simos from Gentry Lane. Right. And all three of us wanted this. I, I forgot which of the three of us got it. What is your good? Yeah. 25 grand. Yeah. They're worth 45, a little bit more 40, now. 40, 45. Okay. 45, well, yeah. still, well I mean, still, they've always been a kind of coveted car. Uh, yeah. But look at today. They stopped making a lot of these sedans because everybody's moving to an SUV. I mean, they're practical. Right. Let's face it. Whether it's a crossover or whatnot, Rolls Royce has got a, what do you, sacrilege? So, so yeah. Bentley's got one now. Uh, yep. Jaguar's got one. Really? What? A gentleman. But why not? You know? Yeah. Well, that's what saved Porsche back when they came out with their Cayenne. Sure. And what, uh, they, you know, they sell more Cayennes than all the other Porsches put together. Yeah, that's their absolutely. Mainstay. That keeps them in business. So, yeah, absolutely. But if you look at the numbers, if you look at the sales numbers, you will find that Ford and Chevy, a lot of these people are, are dropping some of the sedans. And why is that? Because gas has gotten inexpensive again, right? It's come back down, although it's bobbing a little bit. And the cars have got so much more efficient. I still got a, uh, a 2013, no, I drive a Hummer. So I drive around <laughs> a Hummer still, along with a Porsche Turbo and other cars. But my go-to, and why do I drive? I said, that's a stupid big-ass car. I said, yeah, have you seen that girl texting next to you that's going to run right into you? Yeah. Yeah, no one's going to hurt you. No one's going to hurt you in a Hummer, for sure. So, Scott, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. 
Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Scott, we are back. We're entering the lightning round, the last lap. This is where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners a very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Okay, so the best advice I get, don't fall in love with them. If I'm in the (laughs) business to sell these cars, you fall in love, you'll never sell them. So don't fall. I say I got one wife, I got 200 girlfriends. Okay, there you go. Yeah, safe girlfriends to a point. That's right. Would Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, yes, to serve, to strive, and not to yield. Don't stop. Keep on keeping on, man. Uh, setbacks are just learning experiences, and it sounds so trite, but it's not. It really is. If you look at those people that have been successful, the difference between somebody being successful and not is fortitude. If you got a passion, so first, find your passion and don't stop. Great advice. Now, how about a resource? There are tons of great resources out there these days, including your business. Is there one you'd like to share with us? Ask my kid. He knows everything. He just has to Google it. So there's a resource. But And eBay's been a great resource, I would say. So for parts-related things, I'd say the internet and, and, and all this social media has been the great equalizer. Because before, if you needed an air cleaner, an obscure air cleaner, and you couldn't find it, you know, you'd go to unteen thrift shops and, and, and car... Car jumbles and swap meets. And, yeah, yeah, swap meets, et cetera, yeah. looking for that thing. Or, or, or it used to be Hemings Motor News, right? So you'd go through the little line ads and go, oh, yeah, this guy or the Lincoln Warehouse or whatever it might be. And you had to call these guys. Or you type it in on eBay 
And I like eBay, you know, other people like Amazon. You're not going to find this old stuff on Amazon. You're going to find still, even with all the corporate giants on eBay, it's still the best place to find what you're looking for. Yeah, it is. I spend way too much time there. That's for sure. If I could wave a magic wand and allow for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Living or deceased. Steve McQueen. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Thank you very much, right? I think so. I'll see what I can do about that. Tell you, you can't have a a drink with uh, Chad McQueen if you go to the car show he puts on to help the Boys Republic. He's been a guest on the show a few times, but... uh, But yeah, yeah, I mean, he was, he's the original Mr. Cool, right? And he wrapped it all up, Paul Newman as well, but Mr. McQueen, right. Yeah, and he knew how to drive a race car too. And he wasn't ashamed to be himself and and act himself. Well, that was That's what made him cool. That's what made him cool, right? He was who he was. Now, if I could uh, ask you to share a book that you've read that you think has been valuable to you, what would that be? The Agony and the Ecstasy. I'm surprised that book isn't recommended more here, but it isn't. But uh, oh, yeah. The Life of Michelangelo, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, you exactly. know, I come from an art background, but but he was such an interesting character and driven like no other. I mean, you know, he's painting the Sistine Chapel with a freaking candle on his head. I know. <laughs> yeah. There incredible. was no LED lighting. There was no order your paint here. There was no, no. gut. No. Yeah. So the, the trials and tribulations. Are, yeah. Yeah. Great book. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find this book. And a lot of other books listed on the Car Show website under guest recommended books. And if you want to find all the other resources Scott has shared today, go to carsyow.com, type in Scott Brandt, B-R-A-N-D-A-T, and that page will pop right up, including links to his business. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Scott, and this one is a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any, I mean any cool car on the planet, but here are the rules. You can only have that one cool car. As your personal car, we'll leave your business where it is. I'm not going to put you out of business. One, unless you, you pick the GTO and then maybe you can retire. But one cool car to have in your garage, but here are the rules. You have to drive it. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. But money's no object. I'm writing the check today. So what's it going to be? Oh, well, that, and you're writing the check, so money is no object. Yeah. All right. So what, shall I tell you what's in my garage that I keep? But of course, that's the no. one I kept. The no, because you got to keep you, you got to get, no, get, get rid of them. The original Ferrari Testarossa. Oh, original Ferrari Testarossa. Okay. What, what is it about that car you like so much? What's not to like? It's the original <laughs> Ferrari. I mean, it's the quintessential badass Italian bread. I mean, okay, GTO. No, I like the Testarossa. The lines, the, the look, the feel, the raucousness of it. Now, are you talking about the the later Testarossa or like the old TRs from the 50s? TR from the 50s. Okay. I've got a Testarossa flying mirror in my garage, okay? Okay. But that's because I could finally put one away that I should have kept, hence, right, years ago. So I, but, but the old TR? Nice cars, yeah. Were you at Pebble you know, Beach so when they had... So when shall I expect that? <laughs> well, I got to get to work. That's going to take a little work, I think, on my end. Maybe I got to buy some more lottery tickets, but... Uh, yeah, don't um, did you see them all when they were lined up on the lawn at Pebble Beach a couple of years ago? They had a whole bunch of them there. I haven't been. I, I went to Pebble Beach a number of years ago, and I haven't been. And I go everywhere. But here's the thing. My kid's 20, and Pebble Beach is when your kid starts school. It's his first day of this. It's his first day of that. Now it's his first day of college, and it's all at the same time. Yeah. I've opted to be with my kids. So he's got two more years in college, then I go back out to Pebble. There you go. There you go. Or you could do what I did. I took my son to Pebble Beach from the age of four 
to uh, when he went off to college, and now he's out of college, and he lives about an hour away from there. And so now he joins me. Now he meets me there. Yeah, very cool. Well, Scott, literally, that's right now when when he starts. And so now he's moving into apartment. I'd rather do that. There you go. There you go. The week after, I'll be at another office. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, Scott, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. My Thanks pleasure. for jump, I, I, jumping on the phone. Call. Well, good, for sure. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the audience here. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance about life and business before you rip off into the sunset in that Ferrari TR? Boy, just don't give up. You know, if you got to, here's, here's, another, here's another little quote, and that is, don't dream it, be it. Ah, that ah. came from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right on. You know, right if you on. got something in your head and you want to do it, do it and don't yeah. stop. That, and, that, yeah. and, and, and again, that comes back to fortitude. So when you're feeling down and you don't, you just wake up the next day and go, just keep shooting for it. If you put it in your head and you dream it, you'll be it. Absolutely. Kind of how- today, there are so many ways to do that. So many opportunities today. There are no more excuses in life. Get out there, be it and do it. Listen to what Scott has to right. share. Our motto here at, at Moto Exotic is get out and drive. You know, uh, don't put them away. Go drive them, enjoy them. That's what they were built for. Are they going to break? You betcha they're going to break. Find out who's going to fix them for you if you don't have a shop line. Be smart about it. Have that all lined up. So if you go get an exotic or you get an old car, know how to maintain them because they're not going to start all the time. Yeah, no, no they're not. not. They're not. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? You bet. So you can go to Facebook. We're on all the social media platforms out there or visit our website, motoexotica.com. That's M-O-T-O-E-X-O-T-I-C-A. There you go. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put a link to that on Scott's show notes page. Just go to carsia.com, type Scott or Scott Brandt into the search bar and that page will pop right up. Scott, thanks for being so generous today Mark, with your time. Great. This I is fun. enthusiasm. Well, yours as well. I think uh, we could sit and talk cars all day long. Until you and I, there you go. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Peace. Thank you. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.